0: Morning. Good morning. So we're going to start off by playing a little game. And Teresa's going to help me out, but I'm going to have her say a word. You have to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Super simple instructions. Okay. What is the first thing you think when I say the word love? Hallmark. Hallmark. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> what is the first wor- word you think about when I say the word love? Jesus. Jesus, that's a good one. All right, I'm gonna come over here. No one's safe. What's the first word you think when I say the word love? Chad. (laughs) Chad. All right, that's good. And then over here, first word you think about? Christopher. Christopher, oh, yes, that's a good one. They're so newlyweds, (laughs) that's why I said it. Okay, uh, the first word. Yeah, my mom. Your mom. <laughs> That's good. Awesome. Thank you, Teresa. So, Caitlin actually just stole my thunder. Um, when I was told I was preaching on love, first thing I thought of was also Hallmark, <laughs> right? Tis the season. Am I right, Caitlin? Yeah. And so, Christmas season, you'll find my mom in front of the TV almost every night watching Hallmark. She loves Hallmark. And so, whenever I go into the back in her room, she's watching it, and I'm just like, mom, you realize every single Hallmark movie is the exact same, just with different actors. And she always gets so mad. And I was like, mom, the girl from the big city comes to the small town, has a boyfriend, this guy in the small town thinks she's really attractive and he just wants to date her, but she's dating someone else. So the old lady in the movie is trying to get the guy to make a move. And then finally the girlfriend breaks up with her boyfriend and then they fall in love. Am I right? Sorry for spoiling your next Hallmark movie. Um, that, that is literally what Hallmark is. And I think of that type of love when I first think of love, but that isn't the kind of love we're talking about today. The type of love that we're talking about today is agape love. And there's four different words for love in the Greek language. The first one is eros, which is romantic love, that Hallmark type of love. The second one is storge. And storge is like that family love, that love that you have for your brothers and sisters, your cousins, your grandparents, your parents. The other one is phileo. And phileo love is friendly love. So like I got my best friend Becca here today, I have phileo her, that's the kind of love. But the one we're talking about today is agape love. And that is sacrificial love. And God embodies agape love, and we're gonna be reading that in scripture today. But as I started thinking about this, you know, Hallmark has some quote unquote, really great love stories, am I right? But God has created the greatest love story. And so we're gonna be reading about that today. So if you guys would join me in 1 John 4, I'm gonna be reading from the NLT version today, but 1 John 4, 7 through 21. And just remember this idea of agape love and how God embodies agape love. Now stick with me, this is a really long scripture, but it's so good. So verses seven through 21. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be our savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have to put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates his fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. So in this, agape love, every single love word in here is the Greek form of agape, the sacrificial love. But what is real love? We read it in here, but what is real love? Because oftentimes we have that word in our culture, but we misuse it. We throw it around we don't actually mean it, or we just don't understand it. So what is real love? Well, real love, agape love, sacrificial, life-giving, redeeming. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. You hear it in almost every wedding. Verses four through seven, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. We just read a lot of scripture. A lot is being thrown at you. The gist is though, Every single word used to describe agape love is an action. Love is kind, patient, hopeful. As I said earlier, sacrificial, it all requires action. Love is a verb. Hallmark makes us think it's a feeling, but it's more than just a feeling, it's a verb. And we're gonna be talking about three different verbs and how we can put love into action. And now they're really easy to remember because they all rhyme. Made it easy on you guys. Know, grow, and show. Can you guys say it with me? Know, grow, and show. Love it, awesome. So the first one we're gonna be talking about is know. And in verse seven, it says, anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. So there's different ways of interpreting this word know. You can know someone or you can know someone You can have knowledge about someone or you can have a relationship with someone. For instance, Michael Jordan. If you guys don't know, I played basketball for 13 years. I love Michael Jordan. If you don't know who he is, he played in the NBA and I literally adored him growing up. Now, yes, he retired when I was like two, so I didn't really get to watch him but I watched videos, I watched movies. I know everything about him. I know he's 6'6", I know he has six championship rings. I know that in eight years, he never lost three games in a row. I know that he went to UNC. I know that he was born in Brooklyn, New York, February 17th of 1963. I know just about anything about Michael Jordan, all right? I know all about him, but I don't have a relationship with him. I don't have a friendship with him. I have all this knowledge about Michael Jordan but I don't know Michael Jordan. Now it'd be really cool if I did. So if any of you guys know Michael Jordan, let me know. Um, I'd love to be friends with him. (laughs) But I don't actually know Michael Jordan. I just know about him. How often is our relationship with God like that? We have knowledge about God, but do we truly have that relationship with God? In verses eight and 16, it says, God is love. God is agape love. So God embodies this agape love that we're talking about today. In verse seven, when it says, you have to know God to know love. So if you don't have a true relationship with God, you don't truly know what agape love is. You have to have that relationship with him. Now, what does this agape love look like? We see it because God shows us, because he embodies agape love. In verse 10, it says, this is real love. So it just really gets to the point, and I love it. I love getting to the point. Verse 10, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Tis the season, right? Jesus was born around Christmas time, so we believe. And we see that God sent his son as an act of love. Not only that, but we see that the crucifixion is also a form of love. The greatest thing, though, is this love did not just start with Jesus' birth and Jesus' crucifixion or his resurrection. But it started from the beginning of time, and it's still going on. I'm thinking right now of different times that I have felt love and have experienced love, whether it was agape, phileo, whatever it was, I've experienced love. And I've also mainly have experienced from God. And it's been so amazing. I experienced all these different testimonies and you'll hear one in a little bit, but God has always shown us love. In verse 16, it says, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love, live in God and God lives in them. So when we know God, we know love. When we know God, God lives within us. And when we know God, we live in love. When we have this relationship with God, our only choice that we have is to love because he has called us to do that. We have no other choice but to love. And honestly, that's such a beautiful thing. How many times can you think of, you just wish someone could love you? Well, God loves you. He gives it to you even when we don't deserve it. And it's amazing. So the first word, the first action, no. Does anyone remember what the second one is? Grow, yes, grow. So we're gonna be in verse 17 now. And it says, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Now let's talk about this word grow. Growing takes time. Think of a plant. You plant a seed, now you have to water it and give it sunlight so it can start to grow. Think of that seed as your relationship with God. You've planted that seed, you're like, God, I'm all in. I wanna have a relationship with you. But that seed has to now sprout. Well, how can it sprout in our spiritual lives? By discipline. Spiritual disciplines, to be exact. Prayer, reading scripture, solitude. There's so many different forms of spiritual disciplines, but that is how we are able to build on our, our relationship with God. That is how we're able to grow. I think of when I was growing up, um, my goal in life, which this is gonna sound really sad, was just to be five six. I never made it. I'm 5'4". So <laughs> I'm two inches off. But the same thing goes for growing in height. We have to make sure we have our nutrition. We have to make sure we do all these right things, like sleeping, which is probably my downfall because that's probably why I didn't grow those extra two inches. I could never go to sleep, I just wanted to have fun. But we have to give ourselves the nutrition we need to grow in our spiritual life. But this growth takes time, it's a process. The second word I wanna talk about in this this, uh, piece of scripture, this verse, is perfect. Now this idea of perfect it's not flawless. It's it is maturity. It's complete. See God's love is complete. It's mature. And as we are growing to be more like Christ, we are growing our love and maturing our love. It takes time. It takes time. In college, I really struggled with knowing who I was. My freshman year, COVID hit, and I started going on this like, exploration of who is Grace Miller? And I did all these different things trying to figure it out while I was locked up in our house, and I just could not figure out who I was. And then I realized I was asking the wrong question. I should have been asking, who is God? Because when we know who God is, we know who we are. And honestly, the moment that I realized who God was and realized who I am, literally all at the same moment, I was sitting on these rocks in Branson, Missouri. I was looking out at this lake. There's a sailboat going by, sunset going down, literally the most picture-perfect thing ever. And I saw that and I said, wow, that is beautiful. And then God told me, you know, you think that's beautiful, but I think you're more beautiful. I realized that he not only created that picture for me, but he created the whole earth and said, I needed Grace Miller. He created all these galaxies and he was like, I needed Grace Miller. And I realized in that moment, the love that God had for me, that he created all these wonderful things and said, I need you too. And I was so overwhelmed with that love. I realized that I was a child of God, that I was loved in every way possible. But not only that, I was called to also love. That is what the scripture is calling us to do is once we know God, once we have that relationship with God, we are then able to grow in love. So when you grow closer to God, you grow in love. Now the challenge that God gave us is to love the people we love, but also the ones we struggle with. And we're gonna be talking about that in the show portion which is exciting because we all love talking about the hard things, right? But the word agape love is an action. And so we talked about know, we've talked about grow and these two different things are the first things we need to do before we can even get to show. Because know and grow live out verses 16 and 17. We are abiding in God, we are living in God. We are having a relationship with him. We are taking ourselves through this process this journey in our spiritual lives with God. So what's the third point? Show, show. So when we do these things, we can now go to show. Verse 19 says, we love each other because he loved us first. We would not be able to understand what agape love is if we did not know from God. God showed us what agape love is first. We would not have understood how to receive it or give it. The beautiful thing is not only do we have the chance to receive agape love, but we can allow it to transform our lives so that then we are able to give it out to people. Showing love is really easy to give to the people we like, but it's really hard to give it to the people we struggle with. But we are called to do both. In my testimony, I briefly explained this, but it was hard to give love to those people I seen, I looked at as a challenge. It was hard to give love to those people I really, really struggled with. But God called us to do that. And if you think about it, Jesus did the exact same thing in his life. He was persecuted all the time. He was still showing love while on the cross. Jesus was a perfect example of how to embody agape love. And God is love. And we are called to do the same. In verse 20 through 21, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Now in other translations, this is NLT, but in other translations it says brother instead of believer. And so that doesn't only mean the people who are currently sitting in this building, it means the people out on the streets, it means the people in Kroger, it means the people across the country, across the world, it means all of us. We are called to love everyone. Now that's hard sometimes, can I get an amen? Mm Mm-hmm, yep. It's so hard to love people sometimes, even the ones that we do love. I think of my siblings, we got in so many fights, but I still love them. It was just hard at times. But those people we struggle with, those people, Alex preached on that a while back, those people, the ones that just get under your skin, those are the ones we're still called to love that person that is talking behind your back, we're still called to love them. That person that we may not view as normal, we're still called to love them. That person that's been making rude remarks straight to your face, are you talking kindness in front of them and behind their backs? It seems so sacrificial to do the thing that's hard, but that is what agape love is. I wanna take it a step further. That person you haven't talked to in years because of something that happened in the past. How are you going to walk out of this church today and say, I'm gonna show them agape love today? Agape love is transforming. It's not something we just receive. We should allow it to transform our lives. I can think of several instances of how someone has loved me and it has transformed me. And then it was a chain reaction, and then I started to love someone else. And it's so hard, but that's the sacrifice of it. Whenever I was preparing this, I was trying to think of a story of when it was really hard to love. Now, this seems so simple. And most of you, probably 99% of you, and I think I'm the only one, would say, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. And looking back now, I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. But there is this person that was really hard to love growing up. And it was in eighth grade. This is so dumb. I can't even believe I'm saying this on the stage. But I had this kid named Jarrett that just really annoyed me, all right? And I literally could not stand him. And he was so hard to love. That one day, he just pulled that final straw and I just lost it. And he just annoyed me for the last time. And honestly, he never annoyed me ever since. I clenched my fist and I just punched him in the back of the neck. And (laughs) that is not loving, apparently. (laughs) Um, I was overcome with so much guilt that day. And surprisingly, I never got in trouble. But I came with so much guilt that I was just like, that was not loving at all. What I should have done was just unclench my fist and just stay quiet and just let him be Jared. But I just couldn't, I had to shut him up. But that's not love. And that's just a silly example. Of, and there are way more other serious examples. But we're still called to give agape love, sacrificial love. And our only choice when we have a relationship with God is to love, is to give that sacrificial love. God has given us love freely. In our culture, we think we have to earn love, but God has given it to us freely. It's our turn to give it to others freely, whether we love them or not. We're called to love them. Whether we struggle with them or not, we are called to love them with agape sacrificial love. Know, grow, show, No. Do you truly know God or do you just know all about Him? Do you have a relationship with Him? Grow, how are you growing in your relationship with God? Are you getting anxious? Are you thinking it's taking too much time? My encouragement to you is when you grow in God, you grow in love and it takes time. And then show, are you showing love to all even when it hurts, even when it's hard, even when it seems like the biggest sacrifice of your life, even when you just wanna punch them in the back of the neck? Are you still showing love? Because love is more than a feeling, it's an action. And during this Christmas season, we are always reminded of how God shows us love. And it didn't start with the birth, but it's one of the greatest examples of love. Hallmark can't compete with the greatest love story ever because God has shown us through agape love. We're gonna take time of reflection. and I'm gonna ask you guys to take whatever posture you need. And I'm gonna ask you to be as vulnerable as you can because that's what God once of us, that's at least what we can give to him. If you feel called to come to the altar, come to the altars. If you feel called to, to kneel at your chair, kneel at the chair, if you feel called just to sit on the ground, sit on the ground. If you wanna stand, stand, but take whatever posture you need to, to be connected with God and realize not only his love for you, but how you can grow and love yourself. Agape love, God is love and he's given us the greatest love story ever.